0: What's up everybody another edition of intentional foul coming at you recording this one tuesday night day later than uh than usual but a little bit of scheduling conflict yesterday and uh i'm gonna be flying solo today josh is out with uh, a little bit of under the weather hopefully we'll we'll have him back next week Interesting, uh, interesting last week in, in sports, had a lot of stuff going on in the NFL as usual, um, Brewers are really making an improbable run here, um, I don't even really know what to say, it's just a pretty crazy thing that's going on, um, and uh, we're gonna touch a little bit on, uh, some, uh, Team USA basketball heading into the NBA season, and, uh, we got Bucky in Michigan coming up this Saturday, so, uh, so yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Let's uh let's hop right in. Uh week two. We had the Vikings and the Packers uh, going at it in one of the early games on Sunday. Um not sure the Vikings knew the game started at noon because uh the first quarter of that game was all Packers starting off real fast, getting out to a 14-0 lead, some uh self inflicted wounds from the Vikings. Pretty much the entire game, um, but Green Bay came out hot. You know their their first drive, they marched down, score immediately. Um, look, offense looked good, clicking pretty uh, pretty impressively to start the game. You could tell, you know, most of those plays were obviously pre scripted um, in the pre game, and uh, the the you got to give the Packers credit; they executed those to a T. Um, after the first two uh, two drives, though, they they really kind of slowed down. Um, Only scored seven points the rest of the game. They got, uh, they were up 21 to, uh, I believe it was 10 at the half. And uh, just uh, an interesting performance from Green Bay. I know a lot of Packer fans are are pretty excited right now. Um, I actually heard one of the local reporters here uh, on the sports commentary this morning say that he believes the Packers are the favorite in the NFC now. Um, I kind of got to, a little bit of a chuckle out of that. I think that's a little premature. A little premature. I don't I don't think I think the Rams are still in the NFC. Cowboys, Eagles. So, uh we'll see we'll see what happens with that, but like I said, the offense looked pretty good for for about a quarter and a half and then the rest of the game it was uh pretty hit and miss. Um you know, Aaron Rodgers just he hasn't really looked himself Yet. I mean, he has in, in little stretches there. He did in the first quarter. Um, he did on one drive in the Bear game, the one they scored a touchdown on. Uh, but for the most part, it's it's been pretty hit and miss with him. And, uh, you know, I've heard some some people saying, well, you know, he's still trying to get acclimated to Lafleur's offense. Uh, maybe. I mean, all, all we ever hear about is how smart Aaron Rodgers is. And uh, he even came out in, in the preseason and said that it wasn't really that much different, you know, technically and scheme wise, as as some of the things he's run before. So I'm not I'm not sure I buy that excuse. But um, I, I'm I'm certainly expecting to see better performances from him going forward. There's no reason to believe that we won't. Um, but uh, I'm not sure when they start playing some better teams and some teams that are. I don't know, uh, maybe a little bit more disciplined and less sloppy than the Bears and the Vikings were in the first two weeks. Um, I don't know. We'll be interested to see if we get a little different outcome there. Um, I thought the defense was okay. They got gashed pretty good uh, in the run game. Dalvin Cook really had a had a monster game, had a really long run in the first half. I think it was about 65, 68 yards, something like that. Um, he was impressive. Um, Minnesota getting him back to full strength really really changes that offense um you know it puts in theory it puts less pressure on on Kirk Cousins which is definitely what you want if you're a Viking fan you you kind of want to see him um be put in in low pressure situations as much as possible um but yeah I mean all in all I thought the the Packer defense was was fine you know uh, not, nothing nothing to write home about um, a little bit of regression maybe from week one, but uh, you also definitely played a better offense than than they did week one as well. Um, I, I think the Packers got a you know two and zero in the division, two and zero overall. That's that's a heck of a start for them. I think they got to feel pretty fortunate though that they are two and zero. You know, you're talking maybe two or three plays from being zero and two. You know, the Trubisky uh, interception late in the game in uh, week one. In the end zone on an ill-advised pass He had the same thing happen in the Viking game With Cousins, almost the same situation First and goal And and just chucks it up there And the Packers come away with the interception Um, You know, Minnesota left some points on the board They missed an extra point They missed a field goal And then they had that terrible call uh, That negated a touchdown uh, From Stephon Diggs Where they called a They went to replay and called some Garbage block in the end zone on, on Dalvin cook, which was, you know, I I know that if my, my cohort here, Mr. Goldberg went to Twitter and found a referee that agreed with the call. And, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, to the, to the absolute letter of the law with no subjectivity, that might be true, but uh, pretty much everyone on TV, that afternoon and and especially on the Sunday night broadcast was pretty critical of that call. And there were some other ones. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, Packers played well enough to win. Um, Kirk Cousins is what he is, which is a um, bottom bottom half quarterback in the league uh, making a ridiculous salary, which I'm sure all Viking fans are are extremely tired of hearing about already. But you still got about two more years left with him. So best of luck to you. Moving on to the Bears, Bears Bears-Broncos game. Man, I don't even really know where to begin with this one. Um, You you knew it was going to be a defensive struggle. You got two very good defenses um, with the Bears and Broncos. You got Vic Fangio running the Broncos now as the head coach, former longtime D coordinator of some really good defenses in in San Francisco and Chicago. Um, Obviously, with Fangio being with the Bears last year, he knew – Offensively, um, you know he he knew he knew the Bears. He knew what they could and couldn't do. Um, obviously, he was very well well versed with Trubisky and uh, and his shortcomings, which are many. Um, I, I I don't know. I'm a little surprised at how poorly he's played the first two weeks. Um, you know this is. It, it, technically, it's year three. I don't really count the first year when he when he started a couple games late in the year under John Fox. They were barely letting him throw the ball past the the line of scrimmage, um, so he's really in year two. He kind of had a red shirt first year, but um, you know, I, I expected to see some some progression from him. Um, I have we we have not. Um, I do blame Nagy a little bit for that, especially in the first week. Um, just just putting way too much on his on Trubisky shoulders. You know the Bears did run the ball much better against Denver. Not great, but but better. I think they uh, really miss Jordan Howard. Uh, there was a lot of talk last year. He didn't really fit the scheme, but you know, having a, a kind of a bruiser like that, a short yardage guy, they can get you two, three yards when you really need it. Um, I, they seem to be missing that a little bit this year. I'm not sure if they think Montgomery or maybe Mike Davis can fill that role, but uh, we haven't seen it so far. But it was it was an old school Smash Mouth football game. You know, both teams at times were able to move the ball up and down the field, but you know, getting the ball in the end zone was a struggle. Uh, very low scoring the whole game. The Bears, you know, they they've just looked really sloppy and undisciplined in the first two weeks. A lot of penalties. Um, you know wrong routes run, you know, miscommunication on some passes. Um, you know, defensively they've looked very good, but offensively they have been a mess. Um, they're they're very very lucky to be one and one. I mean, I, I watching the end of that game, it was they should have been playing the Benny Hill music. I mean, for those of you that don't see it, Bears are up. Um, let me think. What was the score there? It was 13 to Thirteen to six, with about I don't know a minute to go, and and uh, Denver scores a touchdown to uh, bring it to thirteen to twelve, and they decide to go for two, and they get a delay a game, which is ridiculous on a two point conversion. So the ball moves back to the seven. So they decide, well, we'll just kick the extra point. They kick the extra point and miss it. Everybody thinks the Bears win the game, but no, an, a stupid penalty, an offsides penalty, which is just inexcusable by Buster Scruggs, one of their starting D-backs. So the ball gets moved back to the two. Denver goes for two again and get it. Now they're up 15-14 with 30 seconds left. Bears get the ball. First and and 10, incomplete, second and 10, incomplete, third down. And, you know, in, in the spirit of what was just an awful refereeing day, the Bears get one of the luckiest breaks of the season on an awful roughing the passer call on uh Bradley Chubb. it was it kind of reminiscent of the the Clay Matthews uh, play last year against the Vikings and I think week two where basically you just sacked the quarterback like people have done in the NFL for a 100 years and got, got called for a flag kept the Bears drive alive they eventually get into field goal range and and Eddie Pinheiro, the rookie kicker the the new greatest kicker of all time, Knocks in a 53 yarder at the buzzer, at the gun, and the Bears escape by the skin of their teeth. It's just one of those things, <laughs> you know. I'm watching the game, and I, I wasn't even getting mad about it. It was more just groaning, groan inducing, and head shaking, and I, I, I don't know. It was it was a uh, one of the worst best endings to a game I think I've probably ever seen. Uh, but very lucky to be one and one. Um kind of keep themselves afloat. And um, you know, that division's gonna be interesting this year. You know, even the I mean the Lions are 1-0 and one. Vikings and Bears 1-1, Packers 2-0. So everybody, you know, nobody's immediately behind the eight ball yet. But uh through two weeks, the Packers are certainly uh sitting the best, no doubt about it. So just kind of go around the league. Um Two huge quarterback injuries. Roethlisberger sounds like he's out for the year. He's going to have to have elbow surgery. And uh, I heard today it's it's not Tommy John. It's not, you know, anything that severe. Um, I initially thought maybe this was a career ender for him. I mean, at his age, uh, an elbow injury, yeah, it's, that's a tough one to come back from. But from everything I'm hearing, it sounds like, um, he and the Steelers have every uh, belief that he will be back next year, and I think part of that is because you know he signed a contract extension, I believe, last year. And uh, you know either way, they're going to be on the hook for a good chunk of that money, so you might as well have him back to play. I can't imagine that Mason Rudolph is going to step in here this year with this this depleted Steelers offense and uh, and lead them to to much of a season. So, and the other one is Drew Brees. <clears throat> Sounds like he's going to be out for up to six weeks. Going to have to have thumb surgery, uh, some ligament damage in his throwing hand, and uh, so uh, now the Saints are going to have to rely on Teddy, Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater. That should be interesting. The the man of the uh, twenty completion, hundred and fifty yard game. You got to love that. I'm really disappointed. I took Michael Thomas with my second pick in fantasy this year, so. That might have just bit me in the ass. Thanks a lot, Drew Brees. Well, actually, thanks Aaron Donald for hitting Drew Brees and destroying his thumb. Um, just to touch on the ref thing, you know, let me get a swig of water here. Just to touch on this referee thing, you know, it only took me to week two to for it to just kind of reestablish in my brain that the NFL is hands down the the worst officiated league in. Professional sports. Um, you had the play in the Green Bay game. You know it's a, it's a touchdown. They go. They go to review because they review all scores, and they call this block in the end zone. Which you know, from my vantage point, it looked like the Packer defender had wrapped up Cook. It didn't really look like much of a block to me. It looked like Cook was trying to run his route, get off the line. Um, the referees called what they called. Um, it's not that that call's not really in the spirit of of the rule that was put in with the being able to look at pass interference um you know if they're going to be looking at these plays for one thing and now all of a sudden you can call the other I don't know where this is going to end you know it's, they'd be kind of like in the NBA if you know the ball goes out of bounds and they go to replay and they look at it and they say ah well it was off of uh off of Milwaukee but it doesn't really matter because before that there was a foul committed you, you can't do that um, he had another blown call in the Saints-Rams game. You know, clear fumble from Goff, Saints pick it up, run it in for a score, and the referees blow the play dead. And they are taught, it's drilled into their head on plays like that, don't blow it dead. You can always rely on the replay. But for whatever reason, again, in the Saints-Rams game, and again, the Saints get screwed. You know, and that, those are those are those are huge plays those are game-changing plays i mean i touched on the one in the bear game you know those are game-changing you know season-changing job costing calls and you know the referees are not the ones losing their jobs over this it's 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 players getting cut released and it's coaches getting fired um you know, we've talked about it. I think we talked about it last year. What what can be done? What can the NFL do? Um, I I think they're going to have to eventually do what Major League Baseball and the NBA has done, and they got to hire these guys full time. You know, you can't have a guy teaching history during the week and then doing this doing a Sunday night Packer Viking game. It, it just it makes no sense to me. This is a billion dollar industry. They can afford a couple million dollars to pay these referees. You know, train them, have them watch games, go through simulations. All you can do, all kinds of stuff. If you're worried about paying them in the off season, figure out what the NBA and the and uh, Major League Baseball do with their officials and ups. I mean, come on, be a little bit creative here. Spend some money, make your product better. All right, well, that's that little rant for you. All right, Well, we got a handful of two and O teams and a handful of O and two teams. Uh, the two and O teams, we got the Patriots, the Bills, the Ravens and the Chiefs in the AFC, and the Cowboys Packers, Rams, 49ers and Seahawks in the NFC. So three teams in the NFC West so far, 2 and O, pretty interesting. Uh, and some O and two teams. We got the Jets, the woeful not even trying Dolphins, uh, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, Denver, the Giants, Washington, Carolina, and Arizona is o one and one. I think of those teams: the Jets, the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Jaguars, the Giants, the Redskins. I think you can you can write them off right now. They're done. You know the Steelers. You never know. Denver. You never know. Carolina. It's all dependent on Cam how how he's feeling and if he can pick his game up. They're not completely dead yet, but, uh, you know, they're about a week or so away from from hanging on by a thread. Um, one interesting thing of note, it did come out today. The Giants are finally making a switch at quarterback. Eli Manning is going to be benched for Daniel Jones. Um, you know, this is an interesting one to me. Um, I'm not an Eli fan by any means, but I I do, I do respect him. Um, you know, it's funny, we're we're kind of in this era now where if you're watching, you know, if you watch any of the NBA shows on ESPN, like the jump or you watch first take or, you know, any of these talking head shows that they got out there now, everybody, including the media is very, very pro player, you know, player, go get your money. Players should be able to go where they want to go. You know, the owners are greedy, and they don't treat the players well, blah, 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 blah. Well, here's the situation with the Giants and Eli Manning, where ownership is doing everything that the, that you would think they should do. You've got a guy that's won two Super Bowls for you, um, was the MVP, I know of one, I think maybe both, um, has been the franchise cornerstone for 15, 16 years, never gets in trouble has been a good representative of your of your brand of your franchise and they're trying to do right by him by not embarrassing him by benching him and you know just you know trying to send him off the right way and all they've done is take shit for it which is very strange to me you know it's like people they want to have their cake and eat it too you can't say the owners are greedy and they treat the players bad, but then when they're treating the player right, you're ripping the organization for I don't know living in the past or whatever it is. I, I don't I don't get that. I don't get that at all. But we'll see what happens with uh, with Daniel Jones if he's kind of the heir apparent. Um, it's awful hard to replace these guys that uh, that have been on a team for 15 years and have won Super Bowls. It's tough acts to follow. You know, it's a pretty rare thing. You get a you get a Steve Young following a Montana, you get a, a Rogers following a Favre. You know, you you had they thought they had an Indy with with Luck following Peyton Manning. So um be interesting to watch this weekend. Um but with that I, I I you know, watching these games here the first two weeks and and now with Roethlisberger and Breeze going down, Eli be benched um, we've really we're kind of moving away from the old guard of of quarterbacks, and and there's this kind of shift going on with the new breed coming in. Uh, but it, but it got me thinking, like you know, there there's still only a handful of quarterbacks that I really would trust in a big game down the stretch situation. So I was thinking, you know, who who do I trust in the last two minutes? I'm I'm down six. There's two minutes to go. I got the ball on my own 20. We got to score a touchdown to win the Super Bowl. Who do I trust? And I was looking at it. I, I, I came up with five guys. And it really should probably only be three. Obviously, Tom Brady. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers. Number three, I think. You know, even though I don't think he's the third best quarterback in terms of just trustworthiness, I'd probably go Russell Wilson. And then four and five, I got Pat Mahomes and Phil Rivers. You know, and like I said, this is not counting Roethlisberger and Breeze. Those guys are out. Um, but if the guy's playing right now, Brady, Rogers, Wilson, Mahomes, and Rivers, other than that, you know, you, you, you trust Matt Stafford? I don't. Trust Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, Cam. Like, it's funny. It's it's the most important position in sports, yet it's it's probably the shallowest in terms of depth. When you really think about it. So I, I don't know. I just I found that interesting. It was a little little experiment I was running in my head today, so I thought I'd write that down and, and share it with you. So I, I know you're enthralled. If if I missed anybody be sure to let me know. If there's if there's somebody out there that you that you would trust more than the 5 I named, but I don't think there I don't think I'm missing anybody. And if I am, it's somebody young that's unproven. You know, you got for me to trust you, you got to show me. And some of these guys we haven't seen it yet, but you know, from the ones we have, there's there's not a lot to pick from. All right, let's get into some Week Three stuff here. Some matchups. The uh, Thursday night game will be Tennessee at Jacksonville. Um, I would rather watch paint dry than watch that game. Although, what is that? The Garner Garner Minshew the second, the new quarterback for the Jags. I don't know. I, I this guy's kind of getting a little bit of a cult of personality here. He's got the kind of the porn stash going on and. You know, he went to school up at Washington State, played for Mike Leach and slanging around and led the country in passing last year. And, you know, it sounds like they're 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 high on him in Jacksonville, but uh, that's not enough to get me to watch that game. Um, and then Sunday we got Denver at the Packers, um, you know, ba- just based on what I watched and with those two teams playing last week, the Packers should handle that one pretty easily at home. Um interesting one here a couple 1 and 1 teams, Atlanta at Indianapolis. Um big game for both teams. Um they're both in divisions that are kind of up in the air right now. And uh to be able to jump out 2 and 1 uh, would have have one of those teams feeling pretty good. Uh, game of the week for me, uh Baltimore at Kansas City. You know, Lamar Jackson's kind of uh, been, the, been the darling of the league the first two weeks, even though Pat Mahomes is, I think, throwing up about 1,000 yards passing and 10 touchdowns. Um, I expect that one to be a shootout. I think uh, that that game could be definitely be in the high 30s, uh, so that should be a fun one to watch. Uh, Cincinnati at Buffalo. The Bills have a chance to go 3-0 for the first time and probably since the 90s. Um, Cincinnati looked okay in week one against the Seahawks but they just got absolutely trounced at home by the by a pretty mediocre 49er team last week so um, Buffalo with a chance to at least keep pace with the Patriots for a little while um you got a guaranteed win for the Cowboys here playing at home against Miami I'm not even sure who who's gonna be on the plane for the Dolphins it sounds like half their team's on the trade block um Daniel Jones makes his uh Debut as a starter at Tampa Bay. Um, Carolina at Arizona, that's a, uh that's a desperate one for the Panthers. You know, they lose that game and, and start out 0 3. Uh, I think it's gonna be pretty tough to recover. The Lions at the Eagles. This is an interesting game. Um Philly's banged up. Deshaun Jackson's gonna be out at least two weeks with an ab strain. Uh Alshon Jeffrey, questionable. He missed uh the game the other night against Atlanta. I believe with a with a hamstring injury, um, so they're a little banged up right now. That could be that could be one you know the Lions go and steal that one, be sitting two zero and one. That would be uh, that would be an interesting development. Uh, you got the Jets to Patriots. I mean, that's going to be a thirty point blowout, no question. Um, Oakland at Minnesota. Raiders aren't bad, uh, but I expect the Vikings to handle business in this one, coming off that Packer loss. Uh, I'm sure they feel like it's a game they, they definitely could have won. Uh, I think they'll they'll take care of business at home. Um, Houston at the Chargers. That should be a very pro Houston crowd, I would guess. Um, both of those teams looking to uh, to get their second win and th- this this is one that's uh, this could be interesting for playoff implications down the road in, in, in terms of a tiebreaker. so um, that'll be a, that'll be a good late game to watch. Uh, Pittsburgh at San Francisco. Another team in the Niners who have an opportunity to go 3 0, which I don't think anybody would have thought. Um the Saints at Seattle, you know, no Drew Brees like we talked about. Figured the the Seahawks would take care of that one at home. Uh Sunday night game should be an interesting one. Rams at Cleveland. Now this is primetime game number two for the Browns. I, I believe they have five this year because you know they got Odell Beckham now. So gotta, gotta be on gotta be on prime time. Um, and then the Monday night one is the Bears at the Redskins, which on paper looks like a surefire win for the Bears. This game scares the piss out of me. Um, Washington has proven that they can score and has got out to some, some early leads in the first two weeks. They, they just haven't been able to hold on. I'm a little nervous whether or not the Bears are going to be able to score enough to win this one on the road. And, uh, you know, definitely when the season came out, this is one that you kind of looked at as like, oh, boy, that's a that's that's a pretty surefire win. But I don't know. So that kind of wraps up uh, week two, heading into week three of the NFL. Um, I'm 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 kind of at a loss for words with what's going on with the Brewers right now. I never fully wrote them off. I, I, I kind of half-heartedly did a handful of times this year where it just looked like this team wasn't going to be able to put anything together and they didn't have the pitching and the hitting was spotty and it was kind of home run or bust. But this team in, in September here has caught fire. And uh, as of tonight, uh, they beat the Padres tonight to take the first two of that four-game series. The Brewers are now 82-69, and two games behind the Cardinals in the Central and currently tied with the Cubs for the second wild card, a game and a half behind Washington for the first wild card, and the Brewers have the tiebreaker versus every team ahead of them, with the exception of St. Louis. Um, so that could come into play, you know, if the Brewers and the Cubs tie for that second wild card game one sixty three this year would be at Miller Park. Um, so that could that could be a big development, um, but you know, unfortunately. Last week, uh, the big blow, the Kristen Yelich injury, um, broken kneecap out for the year, really sucks. I mean, the guy was having a great year. Probably it was – I don't know if he was going to get the MVP. The Dodgers have had a pretty special year, and, Be- and Bellinger's been great. Um, but he was certainly going to come in number two. Might have won another batting title. Um, so really disappointing. And, and right as the Brewers were kind of starting to take off, uh, he goes down which at the time kind of just thought well they're done um i think they've only lost one game since he got hurt which is pretty pretty remarkable um you've had some guys step up especially the you know the the three big guys that that are left in the lineup Mustakis, Grandall and Braun you know um these guys are pros and they've really stepped up when the team is needed to hit some big home runs i mean Braun had this <laughs> that grand slam he hit on Sunday was man, pretty pretty unbelievable. You know, it took me back to to some of those days back in 08 and 2011 when it just seemed like every time that the Brewers needed a big hit, he was at the plate and he delivered. And uh, he certainly did on Sunday to uh take that take two out of 3 from St. Louis. That was really big going into this last home stand. So um You know, the four-gamer with the Padres, they're 2-0 so far. Got tomorrow and Thursday, and then three games this weekend to wrap up the home schedule versus the Pirates. Um, So five very winnable games um, left for the Brewers here at home, and then they hit the road for the rest of the season. Uh, Cubs are playing a three-gamer with the Reds right now. They've split the first two. And then uh, the Cardinals, a three-gamer with the Nats, they've split the first two. And then starting Thursday, Cubs-Cardinals four-game series at Wrigley. Um, so going to be a lot of scoreboard watching going on at uh, at Miller Park this weekend. You know, I'm not really sure what you want here. I, I You know, me personally, you'd obviously like to win the division. Um, so maybe you're hoping for, uh, I don't know, 3-1 Cubs in the series. Um, you know, but if if it goes the other way, if the Cardinals run away and take three out of four, and the Brewers take care of their business, they could get a little separation from the Cubs as well. So be uh, it's going to be fun going down the stretch here. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised, I got to say. Um, wasn't sure I was going to get to see any playoff baseball this year, but the way things are going, I hate to jinx it. The way things are going, we might see it. But, you know, still two 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 and a half weeks left. And uh, got to try to stay hot. So, um. Just touched on a little hoops here. Talked about the FIBA World Cup last week. Um, USA uh, did not perform well in this tournament. I touched on the the roster a little bit last week. Um, Team USA ends up getting 7th place. They lose to France in the, uh, I don't know, I think it was the round of 16 or maybe it was round of 8. and They end up playing Serbia, get beat again. And I believe they beat Poland to get seventh. Uh, Is the lowest finish for an American team in like 40 years, something like that. Um, so pretty disappointed in that. You know, I, I'm 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 a basketball junkie. Those of you that know me, and um, you know, I'm probably one of a handful of people that actually cares at all about this stuff. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed in the result. I'm, you know, the players did their best. You know, they had some unfortunate circumstances. A lot of guys pulled out late. You know, they kind of threw the team together at the last minute, didn't have a lot of practice time. Um, Jason Tatum gets hurt. They lose Kyle Kuzma. So, um, you know, and you go over and you play these these foreign teams, and, you know, they're loaded up with guys that are either currently in the NBA or have been in uh, in the NBA maybe even just for a cup of coffee, but they've been there. Yeah. Um, and these guys have grown up playing with each other, and this means a lot to them. Um, you know, it's weird. As, as Americans, we care so much more about the Olympics than a lot of the other countries do when it comes to some of these team sport activities. Um, you know, it's a much bigger deal to win World Cup in soccer than it is to win a, to win a gold medal. It's much more of a big deal to win the world championships for basketball than it is to win a gold medal. It just is, um, but not in America. You know, we kind of judge everything on whether or not we bring home an Olympic gold versus the rest of the world. So, um, you know, this team will look drastically different next summer, um, with the 2020 Olympics coming. Um, they'll have the team will be put together much earlier. They'll have a lot more practice time. They'll spend the summer together before going over. I believe it's in August. The Olympics are you know having the FIBA world championships in september um also was a was a problem for the US team just because we're only 2 weeks or about a week away week and a half away from NBA training camp opening up so it's you know the the fact that it was in China you got to go all the way to China you spend 10 days there you got to come back and you know you're home for a couple of days and these guys are pretty much all in their NBA cities already playing right now with their team. so um just, just didn't work out real well for us this year. Um, you know, and, and like I said, you know, does it matter? I, I do. I think it does. Um, you know, I, I listened to Bill Simmons' podcast. He talked about it quite a bit. Um, there's a lot of evidence that guys that go play on these national teams uh, typically come back and, and have, you know, to the po- to that point in their career, their best year. We saw it with Durant. We saw it with Kyrie. We saw it with LeBron. We saw it with uh, Carmelo. Um, You know, you had some guys turn it down this year, some young guys, Devin Booker, Marvin Bagley, De'Aaron Fox. um, You know, certainly guys that would have helped Team USA uh, probably do better. And I think that the experience and just, um, you know, being able to play with better people, you know, day in and day out. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing in the summer to go work in an empty gym and, and do curls around a chair and shoot jump shots. But it's another thing to, you know, be able to go play one-on-one with Chris Middleton or or one-on-one with Kemba Walker and, and try to pick up workout tips from a Brooke Lopez. So um, I think some of these guys are missing out. But, uh, you know, Team USA, American Basketball, we we kind of got to, you know, we kind of got to step it up a little bit. You know, if you just look at the NBA season last year, all of the major award winners were foreigners. Giannis wins the MVP. He's from Greece. Rudy Gobert wins Defensive Player of the Year. He's from France. Pascal Siakam wins Most Improved. He's from Cameroon. Luka Doncic wins uh, Rookie of the Year. He's from Slovenia. Um, we got some work to do. But um we've definitely got the talent. We just gotta get the right right guys over there and, and uh and take care of business because you know it's I kinda compare it to to like your high school team. You know, when uh when you're in high school and, and you and you're you're on a you're on a good team and, and there's you know you always beat somebody. There's always a team that you beat all the time. And then as you get, graduate from high school and, and you're following the program, and all of a sudden the team that you used to dominate they start whipping your your school's butt, and it just pisses you off, you know, because you just you have that pride in you that like no nah, man we're not supposed to lose to those guys. That's that's ridiculous. What what's going on? That's how I feel with with USA basketball. It's like we ain't supposed to be losing to. France I mean I know France has got some NBA players on it but like we ain't supposed to lose in basketball to France sorry so that's what I got on hoops like I said training camp starts in about a week and a half um we'll uh we'll touch on the bucks here as we go forward but um yeah it's uh been pretty busy here the last last week in the in the sports world um This Saturday, we got the big Michigan-Wisconsin game. That should be a fun one. I think last I saw, I think uh, the Badgers were favored by three and a half. Um, You know, I said last week I watched a little bit of that Michigan-Army game. And, uh, I mean, Army threw the ball, I think, three times. So uh, I think the Badgers are going to be able to have a, a pretty good time running the football with Jonathan Taylor considering what Army did to Michigan when Michigan already knew what was coming 99% of the time. So, I mean, you never know. Harbaugh's a good coach. I mean, I know a lot of people around here can't stand him, and he's had some ups and downs at Michigan, but the guy's proven that he can coach football. Um, I expect that to be a a low-scoring game, you know, 23-17, to to 20-14, something like that. Uh, But I I, I do expect Bucky to, to come away with a victory in that one, so... Uh, I think that game's on at eleven o'clock. No game day there. Uh, I think get college game day is gonna be going. I think it's Notre Dame, Georgia. That bothers some people that the Badgers aren't getting game day for this I who 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 gives a shit? What do you care? You ain't going You ain't in college. who cares? Like what am I gonna do? Get up at seven thirty in the morning and watch Kirk Fowler Kirk yeah Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet and Corso put some stupid Bucky. Mascot head on. Come on, man. I'm shitting on that one. Who cares? <sighs> All right, folks. Well, getting ready to wrap this one up. This is a little bit of an abbreviated version, solo version. I know everybody loves my solo versions because I'm, I'm so entertaining, so entertaining, so knowledgeable. But hopefully we get Goldberg back next week. Um, like I said, he was a little under the weather Today. Uh, we thought about maybe doing a phone in, but um, he needs his beauty rest. He's got a, he's got a big week ahead of him. He's got to go do some football game on Friday and watch Craig or Parker get manhandled. So <laughs> kudos to him for that. He, he's got to do nine. I think he does nine games total, and he's going to be lucky if he sees two wins. So, uh, but that's the nature of the beast. That's what he signed up for. No sympathy. No rest for the weary. All right, folks. Appreciate the listen as always. You can hit us up at Twitter, Facebook, whatever floats your boat. We will be back next week, hopefully on Monday. Hopefully uh, some good stuff to talk about the Bear Packer games. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. All right, folks. We will see you down the road. Go Brewers. Go Badgers.